was that silent night when the stars turned their gaze to marvel at the earth. When the heavens gathered breathless round a lowly stable. When a young mother wept tears of worship, falling on the baby in her arms. And the song of the earth arose in Bethlehem, soft as the tender beating of his heart. And all was calm, all was bright. Yet could this be the same God of Abraham, the conqueror of Israel, this baby, this fragile life? Is this child the one who burned his name in rapture across the gasping skies, whose voice spoke the oceans into crashing rhythms, who crafted the mountains into guardians of the firmament? whose hand ignited the thirst of the deserts and the warring surge of the elemental hosts, who breathed life from dust, broke the oppressor's rule, scattered the chains of his people like sand, and led them through the wilderness with a pillar of flame. Is this child the one whose presence billowed thunderous on Sinai's peak, who surrounded Job with the roaring wind, stood defiant in the raging furnace, wrote judgment against tyrants, and blazed on the lips of the prophets, scorching history's pages with the fury of his might. Could this be the same God who chose to come as the vulnerable king, setting his throne on straw and manger, drawing forth the tears of shepherds, receiving the gifts of wandering travelers, his fame unknown in this world. He is Jesus, the one who thunders through the heavens, yet whispers to our hearts, who reigns victorious, yet bows to serve the broken. He is God in the fury, God in the silence. He holds this mystery balanced in his hands, holds our questions till they lose their need, until all we see is him. Uh, good evening. I want to welcome to Night Street Church. You want to stand? Merry Christmas. Let's sing this song together. Let's sing.
Let's sing together. Praise Him. Praise Him, all you creatures, great and small. Praise Him, summer, winter, spring, and fall. Howling wind, rushing streams, rolling hills, and crashing seas. Lift your voice and worship your Stop. 
would you guys pray with me? Lord, we love you so much and are so grateful for your love and your grace and your faithfulness in our lives, Lord. We're thankful for the price that you paid on the cross for us and the grace that you've lavished onto us so that we can experience a deep and personal and meaningful relationship with you that's unlike anything this world has to offer. And so I'm thankful for this time to press pause and kind of reflect and be grateful for what you've done for us, Lord. And we recognize that there's a lot of busyness and chaos with the holiday season, a lot of emotions and feelings, but we're grateful that we can experience and be confident in your joy and the hope that a relationship with you brings. We love you so much. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. So I'm excited to share a unique and exciting giving opportunity that we have this holiday season. So here at Grace Church Medina East, we have several local and global ministry partners that we come alongside. If you're ever curious as to who we support, you can find that out on our website. But it is super encouraging to see the ways that the Lord is working and moving both locally and globally. But one of our ministry partners that we come alongside is the Falkenbergs. So the Falkenbergs are missionaries with an organization called Shoulder to Shoulder. Shoulder to Shoulder is committed to serving and empowering local churches in Mexico. They're committed to helping communities reach um, people to help them know Christ and grow in their love and knowledge of him. So they're committed to helping provide resources and trainings and helping with tangible needs. And so if you're interested in giving to Shoulder to Shoulder, there's three different ways that you can do that. You can do it on our website or through our Grace Church app. Or you'll notice on your way out, there's black tubes that you can utilize. Thank you guys again so much for being here. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of the service as we fix our eyes on who Jesus is. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophets. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. All right, well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, it's wonderful. It's so good to see all of you in the room. And of course, those of you who are joining us on live stream, we also just wanna say Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, you know, it really is genuinely just such a joy. It is a, a true joy. Uh, to be able to uh, kind of come together and to meet together in this space in the midst of all the holiday celebrations that are going on, to have this space uh, to be together and to, to kind of set our hearts and our minds on the, the real reason for the season, which of course we believe is Jesus. And so I really appreciate that. And, and I, I never want to take for granted um, just how awesome it is and, and what a privilege it is that we have both the opportunity and the freedom to gather like this and, and to celebrate together. Um, uh, let me introduce myself to you. If you're someone who's new to Grace, if you're a guest with us, uh, my name is Tony. I'm one of the pastors here on staff at Grace. And if we've never had a chance to meet, I'd love to do that. And so if you get a chance, please catch me in the cafe. If you have some time, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to hear how you got, how you got connected to Grace. Maybe hear a little bit about you. But so glad you're here. And I do just want to say to everybody who's here today, but especially to the guest, I just want to say thank you. Uh, just thanks. Thanks so much for making this part of your Christmas plans and your Christmas celebration. I know that many of you right now are in the midst or you're preparing for uh, a lot of activity, right? And so um, the dinners and the celebrations and the family and the gifts and, and uh, traditions and all those kind of things, a lot of us are looking forward to that. And I hope that's all really good, but I love to have this space to kind of pause in the midst of all of that and to really kind of set our hearts and our minds and set our attention on Jesus, on, on the reason for the season and, and to have an opportunity to do that. The reason I think that's so important, by the way, 
is because I know that Christmas can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I know that uh, with a room this size, for sure, that Christmas is probably hitting, hitting different people in different ways. So for some of us, uh, Christmas is just really exciting, right? That's how it's hitting you. Christmas is an exciting time of year. Yeah, this, this guy over here is real, these people are real excited about it. And looking forward to the gifts and the traditions and, the, and, t- and tomorrow and all the fun things that come with that. It's exciting. I know for some of us, for some in this room, uh, part of our church family, maybe this is a, a very special Christmas Maybe it's, uh, it's an exciting Christmas for certain reasons. Like maybe this is your first Christmas as an engaged couple or it's your first Christmas as a married couple or maybe this is your first Christmas with a child or a new child or a grandchild who is kind of joined the equation. And that's always fun. Always a whole, a whole new dynamic to things. But of course, we also know, like Emily mentioned earlier, that maybe for some of you, Christmas is hitting you different. Maybe Christmas is actually especially challenging this year. And we know that that's true. We, we know that Christmas sometimes can be a difficult time of year. It can be a reminder of loss, right? Um, a difficulty of losing someone uh, in your family. And, and Christmas can be a painful reminder of that. Or the loss of a relationship or the loss of a marriage or maybe an unfulfilled hope that, um, that you're kind of reminded of that during the season. So all I'm saying is we know that Christmas is, hits different people in different ways and it's probably hitting you differently uh, this year, maybe a combination of those things. But the reason that we, we love to have this space is because it kind of allows us to sort of look beyond those things and to kind of center our heart on, on what we believe the real meaning of Christmas is. And of course, for those of us who follow Jesus, which I know that not everyone here today maybe is a follower of Jesus, but for those of us who follow Jesus, here's what we believe. We believe that the central meaning of Christmas, that the central point of our celebration is this. It's Emmanuel. It's Emmanuel. That's why we celebrate Christmas is because of Emmanuel. In fact, if you go back to the very first Christmas, uh, we actually just saw the passage on the screen in the book of Matthew chapter one. We're actually told that this is the meaning of Christmas. Here's what it says, just to review, Matthew chapter one, verse 22. It says, all of this took place. And of course, all of this is talking about the birth of Jesus and the events that surrounded his birth. All this took place to to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means, and help me out here, what's it mean? God with us. It means God with us. Emmanuel means that. My guess is you knew that already. You probably have heard that before. And I'll just tell you, I think, I think what, as, as awesome as Christmas is, I think one of the challenges that can come with the Christmas season is our familiarity with it. You know, with Christmas, there's familiar themes, there's familiar words, things that we hear a lot. And I think Emmanuel is one of those terms, right? We, we hear it, we sing it, we see it printed on the Christmas cards, and whether it's spelled with an I or it's spelled with an E, it doesn't make any difference. It means the exact same thing. It means, it means God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. But what I'm hoping we're going to see here tonight is that Emmanuel is far more than just a familiar word. And Emmanuel is far more than just a name or a title. I believe that Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us, I believe that Emmanuel is a revelation. It is a a revelation of who God is and what God is like. I believe that Emmanuel is actually a fulfilled truth. It is a profound truth that we are invited to live in light of and to live into, that God is with us. Some of you maybe have been with us over the past few weeks here at Grace. And over the past few weeks, we've been in a Christmas series together. And in that Christmas series, you might remember we introduced you to two important characteristics of God. The characteristics, we said that God is both transcendent and he is imminent, the transcendence and the imminence of God. Now, I know that if you were not with us over the past couple of weeks, these might be new terms to you. And these might sound like lofty theological terms, but I'm just telling you, they're really important characteristics about God. The Bible is going to tell us that God is both transcendent and he is imminent. What does that mean? Transcendence means that God is infinitely above us and he is infinitely beyond us. And so the scripture is gonna tell us that God, it's gonna reveal to us a God who is a transcendent God. It's gonna say things like this, that God is holy, which simply means that he's set apart. So God's gonna, the Bible's gonna say things like God is sovereign and he's all-knowing. The Bible's gonna explain to us that God's ways are higher than our ways. In other words, the, the idea of God's transcendence is that God could never fit in any category that the human mind can construct. And God is beyond us. He is infinitely beyond us. That's the idea of God's transcendence. Yet at the same time, the Bible's going to reveal to us that God is also imminent. 
Imminence means that God is intimately among us and he's intimately beside us. The idea of God's imminence is that God is knowable. The idea is that God is approachable. The idea is that God, God has actually revealed himself to a place that you can have a relationship with him. He is near to you. And so God is both beyond us and yet at the same time he is beside us. In fact, let me just say that one of the unique things about Christianity is Christianity is going to believe that the Bible is going to present us with a God who is entirely transcendent. And at the same time, he is completely imminent. He is 100% both of these things. He is not one or the other. He is not one at the expense of other. He's not sometimes one, sometimes the other. He is totally transcendent and he is completely imminent, which to us sounds like a brain teaser. How in the world do you put those things together? It seems paradoxical. But here is why Christmas is so important. Because Christmas is where we see the grand culmination of these two attributes of God come together. The transcendence and the imminence of God are harmonized in one word, Emmanuel. God, the transcendent holy God, is with us. He is close. He who is beyond us is also beside us. Because I, I believe that if, if we truly encounter this truth that Christmas is communicating, it has incredible implications in your life. It has incredible implications of what it means for you and for me and what it says about God. And I wish, I wish, I wish we had time to go through all of what those implications might be. But just for our brief time here together today, I want, you, I want to invite you to consider two implications of the truth of Emmanuel. And here's what I believe. I believe the truth of Emmanuel, the truth of Emmanuel, if we embrace that, number one, I believe it produces an exhilarating joy. And then number two, I believe it extends to us and it invites us into a surprising grace. The truth of Emmanuel produces, it produces an exhilarating joy, a sense of awe, a sense of wonder. I would even say this, a sense of worship. And I believe that it also invites us into and it extends to us a surprising grace. Let me explain what I mean by those things. So first off, the truth of Emmanuel produces an exhilarating joy. Um, Maybe I could say it this way. I think that when the transcendent, when that which is transcendent becomes imminent, when that which is beyond us comes near to us, I think that it does something to the human heart. And what does it do to the human heart? I think it produces awe and wonder and exhilaration and joy. Uh, I actually was trying to think of a good way to illustrate what I mean by this. And this is the best illustration I could come up with. Now, I'm just going to tell you, it's a flawed illustration, but it's the best I could come up with. Have you guys ever had um, an experience in your life when you had a chance to meet a famous person or a celebrity or someone who had like high notoriety because I've had that happen to you before. So I could just tell you, I have not really met many people like that in my life, but I can tell you several years ago, I had a really cool encounter where I had a chance to meet an extremely famous celebrity. It's actually kind of a fun story. So I thought I'd tell it to you this, this Christmas Eve. So I actually went to college in Chicago and I lived right downtown in the city So one of the unique things about living in a big city is that on a somewhat regular basis, with some amount of frequency, people would come into the city to film movies, right? So they they would come in and they would block off a city block or they'd block off a street and they'd set up a movie set and they'd kind of, you know, have that whole thing. And whenever whenever they did this, oftentimes what would happen is giant crowds of people would crowd the movie set to try to see if you could catch a glimpse of a celebrity. So it's pretty, pretty often that this happened. So I remember one time my friends and I heard that they were actually filming a movie just like two or three blocks from where we lived. And so we heard about this and we thought, well, we're going to go down there and see if maybe, you know, see if we can catch a glimpse of a celebrity. So as we're getting ready to go, uh, my friend, who also happened to be my roommate, who also happens to be one of the craziest people that I know, uh, he said to me, he said, hey, before we go down to the movie set, he said, what if we put on our security guard outfits? And um, so I feel like I need to explain that real quick because I don't just like own a security guard outfit. So um, when I was in college, believe it or not, I actually was part of a comedy troupe. So I was part of this comedy team. And because of that, we had access to these costumes and these wardrobes. And among the costumes were these, um, these security guard outfits. And I'm telling you, they were really legitimate. Like they were very, very convincing. So my friend said, why don't we put on our security guard outfits and then we'll go down to the movie set and we'll try to sneak on set. He said, what if, what if we did that? Now, I, I need to pause there before I go on, and I just need to say, as a pastor, um, 
I cannot endorse the next part of this story, okay? So I just wanna get that out there right now for all the young ears, don't do this. So I heard about this and I thought, that's a great idea. So uh, my friend and I had probably security guard outfits and we made our way down to the movie set, right? We finally got down there. When we got to the movie set, it's a giant crowd of people. And I remember we started to feel kind of nervous about our plan, uh, but we kept reminding each other. We said, hey, if we just pretend like we know what we're doing, if you just act confident, if you just fake it till you make it, like you'll convince people. So anyway, we walked through the crowd, right? We're making our way through the crowd. Excuse me, pardon me, you know, security coming through. And uh, we get to the gate of the movie set. You guys, this is the craziest thing. At the gate of, into the movie set, there's these two security guards. And we were like, oh no, this is not gonna work. But we're like, just you know, stay the course. So we walk up to these guys. And you guys, the craziest thing, they saw us, they nodded at us, and then without even saying a word, they opened the gate and moved to the side. And we were like, no way. And so like, we just walked on. They didn't even ask us. We just walked on to this movie set. And it was, it was crazy. It was a full-blown Hollywood movie set. There was like trailers for the actors and there was like food and like drinks laid out. And so we're like taking advantage of that, walking around the whole thing. It was crazy. So anyway, we're on this set and we're trying not to act too out of place. And after a little bit of time, I remember all the people in the crowd who were on the other side of the gate all of a sudden, they started to cheer. And we were, you know, I was like, what are they, what are they cheering about? So I, I turned to see what it was that everyone was cheering about. And there, about 10 feet behind me, is Kevin Costner. Now, if you guys aren't familiar with who Kevin Costner is, he's an extremely famous, famous actor. Uh, this is a picture of him just to remind you of who he is. He was in several movies early on. He was in, like, Field of Dreams, if you guys have ever seen that. He was in The Bodyguard. He was in um, uh, Dances with Wolves. And more recently, he was in, like, Hidden Figures, Man of Steel, and then Yellowstone, if you guys have ever heard of that. He's part of that, too. So just a really, really famous actor. So I turn, and here is Kevin Costner, like, right there in the flesh, like, right next to me. And I got to admit to you, I'm a pretty calm person most of the time. I'm pretty collected. But when I saw him, I genuinely was starstruck. And I was speechless. And here's why. Because, I, well, first, I wasn't expecting to see Kevin Costner. But I turned and I saw him. And here was a person who I had only ever seen on a movie screen. Here's a person that my entire life up to this moment, I've only seen him on the TV or in, you know, checkout lines at the grocery store on magazine covers, and now he is in the flesh next to me. And it produced someone who is so outside of my experience as like a normal person was like now next to me, and it produced something in me. Something happened. What was it? Awe? Exhilaration? I was like, oh my gosh. Well, then, craziest thing, Kevin Costner walks past me, and he goes up to the, the, like the fence area where the people are. He starts signing autographs for, for his fans, starts signing autographs, taking pictures. Seemed like a very pleasant guy, by the way, Kevin Costner did. And, and so he's doing all this. Well, then I'm reminded, as he's doing this, I'm a security guard, right? So I'm like, I got to do my job. So I go over. And I start kind of mediating the crowd. You know, I'm like, one at a time, everybody. Like, back off. This is Kevin Costner here. And because uh, this is crazy. After a while of doing this, I'm not making any of this up. Kevin Costner turns to me, and he shakes my hand. And he says, thank you for all you do to help keep us safe. <laughs> and I was like, anytime, Kev. <laughs> Old Kevy. So I guess it was crazy. We got to watch them film this scene and this, it was just insane. And then afterwards we got back. We couldn't wait to tell our friends about it. So we told them all about what had happened, how we met Kevin Costner. And you guys, we were exhilarated. It created such exhilaration. Even right now, telling you the story, I'm like, my gosh, it's just so much like, it was such a crazy moment. But that goes what happens. It's a small peak of what happens when someone who is so far beyond you comes near to you. Now, here's, here's where my illustration breaks down. You guys all know this. Kevin Costner is a human actor. He's just a human being. He's just a person like you and I. Now, he's a very good actor, for sure. But he's just a human being. But here's what makes Christmas so amazing. Because Christmas, Christmas is not just the message that we should be kind to each other. It's not just goodwill, you know, towards men. The message of Christmas is not just that there's traditions to be celebrated and maintained. That's not it. 
the meaning of Christmas is Emmanuel. That, listen, God, like, like the, the, the creator, the transcendent God of the universe came to be with us. That God, listen, the one who spoke everything into creation came to be among us, came to be with us. That the God who fearfully and wonderfully made you is near to us. I think when it begins to dawn on us that the baby in the manger is also the Lord of the universe who sits enthroned in heaven. What happens in your heart? It produces wonder. It produces awe. It produces worship is what it produces. Because that's why I think for those of us who follow Jesus, it's so important that we gather in these spaces during the holidays because it's so easy for us to drift away from the real meaning of what Christmas is all about. And we, we think it's important that we don't allow these things become just commonplace to us. There's nothing commonplace about this. God came to be with us. And when we get a hold of that, it produces, it produces an exhilarating joy. But secondly, I think it also extends a surprising grace. I think that Emmanuel exposes us to and extends to us a surprising grace. Let me tell you another place where this illustration breaks down. When God came to be with us in Emmanuel, he did not simply come to pay us a visit. When God came to us in Emmanuel, he didn't simply come to make a celebrity appearance. The Bible's gonna tell us not just that God came to be with us, but it actually tells us why he came to be with us in Emmanuel. And you actually see it in the passage that was read earlier. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in Matthew chapter one, we're told that the baby who was born to us on Christmas was actually given two names. He's called Emmanuel, God with us, which is a fulfillment of a prophecy, but he's also called something else. Here's what it says in Matthew chapter one, verse 21. She will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. And why? Because he will save people from their sins. When God came to be with us, the Bible tells us not just that he came to be with us, but it tells us why. And you see it in the name Jesus. The name Jesus, some of you know this, is Yeshua. It's what it literally is. It's Yeshua, which means Yahweh saves. God saves saves. So why did he come to be with us? Here's why. He came to save us. He came to save us from our sins. He came to save us from the brokenness that we see in the world and the brokenness that we see in ourselves. He came to save us. He didn't come just to pay a visit. When God came, listen, he didn't, he didn't come just to show us the way to salvation. Like he didn't come just to give us a book of rules and a book of regulations and say, hey, if you live this way, then maybe one day you can earn yourself a relationship with God. He didn't come to show us the way of salvation. He came to become the way of salvation. He didn't simply come to relate to us. He came to redeem us. He came to save us. Can I just say that if you're a person who's investigating Jesus here today, and maybe you're trying to figure out what you believe and can I just maybe help you in that investigation a little bit? And let me just tell you that there's one key difference between Christianity and every world religion. Here's the biggest difference. Every religion is going to tell you that these are the things that you have to do to earn yourself a relationship with God. Here's what you have to, here's the way to salvation. Here's what you have to do to, to be accepted by God. Christianity is going to tell you something very different. It's going to tell you of a surprising grace. Christianity is the only faith that's going to say that God himself has worked his way to you. That he has taken on humanity, that he has humbled himself so that he could come to us so that he could save us. And I think, I think when you start to realize the great distance, the transcendent God came to be imminent and close to us, it reveals the magnitude of grace of God, a surprising grace. I love the way one author, his name is Frederick Beckner, he was reflecting on Christmas and I so appreciated the way he said this. He said, the child born in the night among beasts, the sweet breath in steaming dung of beasts, and nothing is ever the same again. Those who believe in God can never, in a way, be sure of him again. Once they have seen him in a stable, they can never be sure where he will appear or to what lengths he will go or what ludicrous depths of self-humiliation he will descend in his wild pursuit of humankind. What's he saying? He's saying once you see the transcendent God in a stable, 
It reveals to you the great lengths, the ludicrous depths of self-humiliation that God will go through in his wild pursuit of you. And many of you guys know this, that, that Christmas is not the end of the story. In fact, in many ways, Christmas is the beginning of God's rescue plan because the same Jesus who was the baby in the manger was the one who went to live a life that we could not live and then died a sacrificial death on the cross in our place. The baby in the manger was the same Jesus who was on the cross. But because Jesus Christ was also the transcending God, death could not hold him in. And the Bible tells us that he raised again. And so those who put their hope and their faith in him will experience not only the forgiveness of sins, but also the hope of a new life through the resurrection. And you guys, the same Jesus who appeared, God who appeared to us in the person of Jesus Christ in space and time and history on that first Christmas, the Bible says, will come again. And listen, for those of us who follow Jesus, let me just say, those of us who follow Christ, this is our hope. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. Everything else is secondary. Everything else is good. The traditions and all that, it's all good. But this is what's what's primary. It is that God came to be. That is our hope. That is our joy. And that is why we worship. So let your heart be reminded and let your heart be refreshed. But let me also say, for those who are investigating Jesus here today, Some of you might be still trying to figure out what you believe. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe for you, you're a person who's still trying to piece together your faith. Maybe you're a person who at one time had a strong faith, but maybe you've drifted from your faith or maybe you've walked away from your faith or maybe you've deconstructed your faith. Can I just just say this? If that's you, we count it such a joy and an honor that you would let us be part of your holiday plans. That's a huge honor and we appreciate that. But can I just maybe humbly encourage you that if that's you, would you just consider this? If it is true, if what the Bible is saying is true, these claims that that what we see with Jesus is more than just a, a teacher born amongst us, but it is Emmanuel, it is God with us. If that message is true, would you be willing to just consider, just in a moment, just consider what does that communicate to you about God? What is God communicating to you through the sending of his son. Because here's what I believe it communicates to you and to me. It communicates us the great, to, to us the great commitment that God has to be with us and to be near to us. I think what it tells us is that God will go to any length and he has gone to any length to initiate a relationship with you. I believe that you were created for your creator, that you were created to know him and he has done everything to work himself to a place to be near you. But I believe there's one thing God won't do, and that's this. He won't force you. He won't force you. He won't force you to open your heart to him. He won't force you to open your life to him. He won't force you to follow him. That's your choice. That's your decision. But I want you to know that it is an invitation. It is an invitation that Christmas extends to you. Christmas is a revelation. That's an invitation. You can open your heart and you can follow God because he has done everything to work himself to you. Let's pray together. Well, Jesus, we just want to say thank you for Emmanuel, God with us. We know that this season is probably impacting different people in different ways. For some of us, it's exciting. For some of us, it's challenging. For some of us, it's discouraging. For some of us, it's a mix of those things. But regardless of what Christmas might mean to each one of us individually, help us to focus our hearts on, Lord, what you have communicated through the sending of your son, that you're with us, that you're near us, and that you came to save us. We love you. We pray, we pray over every person who's in this room that they might see the great love that you have for them. And we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.
Father and his Son who was sent to the world to reveal who the Father is and what he is like to us is worthy of our celebration and he's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our claps and our offerings of praise in that way. Um, isn't it amazing that we have this opportunity in this Christmas Eve service to join together and to be reminded of these exceedingly deep and profound truths about God's transcendence, his sovereignty, his power and authority over all of creation, this creation that he's made. And yet the way that the Father chose to wield all of that power, all of that authority, was by declining and bending down, humbling himself so that he could be near to us, so that he could be imminent in the presence of Jesus, our Savior. It's amazing. So at this time, as we begin to conclude our time to here together in this service, what I want to do is just invite you all to stand for a moment. And uh, here in a second, <clears throat> the ushers are going to begin making their way down each aisle, and they're going to light the candles that you should have received as you walked into the auditorium this evening. And this candle lighting uh, has become somewhat of a tradition for us here at the Medina East Campus in Christmas Eve services. And we usually light these candles and we all declare and sing the truths of the song Silent Night together. And we really do that. It's more than just a tradition. It's really a way to focus our hearts and our minds and our attention on the reality of our imminent and near Savior, that God can be known and that he has moved heaven and earth to become like one of us and to share his love with us so that we could know him in personal relationship. So that's what we typically do with Silent Night on uh, Christmas Eve service. But uh, this particular year, I wanna maybe suggest that we add another aspect or another dimension to our purpose for singing, lighting these candles, and spending this time together. You know, <clears throat> one of the things that I think we all know to be true is that what we can tend to miss in this season is Jesus. With all the busyness and the hustle and the bustle, there's always this chaotic, like, cacophony of things that are floating through our minds and in our hearts. There's all these things to do, right? And what can easily happen is we miss the reality of the present and near Savior who came to be like us 2,000 years ago. And so what we might suggest tonight is this. As we sing, we're going to sing Silent Night together. And maybe we would consider not just singing the lyrics to the song about a silent night 2,000 years ago, but reflect on the idea of the silence and the quiet and the still where Jesus' voice can be heard in each of our hearts individually because we know that Jesus' nearness means he wants to communicate with us personally. And so what we're going to do is after we sing Silent Night, all we're going to do is uh, take just a short space of complete silence. We've already uh, vocalized, maybe responded to the reality of Jesus' nearness in the prayer prompts that we had as well as singing that last song. And now <clears throat> in that place of silence after we sing, this is an opportunity for us to get quiet and for us to maybe not say as much to Jesus, but for us to listen, to listen to his still, small voice. So let me just say that this will probably be, for a lot of us, the silent space after we sing will be a little bit awkward. Let's be honest, it's going to be awkward for a lot of us, right? But here's the thing. Don't allow, don't allow the awkwardness in that moment to cause you to miss hearing the voice of our Savior, of your Savior in your life. So let's sing, and then we'll get silent before Jesus together.
Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for sending your son so that we might be able to experience life with you. Thank you, Jesus, for the payment on our behalf. And thank you, God, that we can experience a quality of life that is better with you, Father, than without. Jesus, thank you for coming in the way that you did. And we look forward to your coming again. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can blow out your candles now. And uh, on behalf of the Medina East staff and the family of Grace Church here, we just want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. And thank you for coming tonight, making time uh, to be here. Uh, We value this time to be able to sing together and uh, thank Jesus for what he's done uh, in our world, bringing justice to the world. Uh, So we love you guys. Merry Christmas. Be safe out there. And uh, hope to see you in the new year. See ya.